Welcome to the One Rental at a Time podcast. This is your host, Michael Zuber. This is the show where we interview guests involved in the real estate business, from experts to newbies, wholesalers, flippers, buy and hold, apartments, commercial, notes, hard money, Airbnb, mobile homes. It doesn't matter. If you're involved in the business, we want to talk to you. This show relies on referrals and recommendations from our listeners. If you know someone we should talk to, please make a recommendation. As the author of One Rental at a Time, The Journey to Financial Freedom, I'm dedicated to helping you take your first or your next step on your real estate journey. But I need your help. We need to spread the message of One Rental at a Time Works. Please share this podcast, my YouTube channel, and of course, my book, all called One Rental at a Time. Thanks, and let's start the show. Hey, everyone. Thanks for watching. I have uh, an exciting show for you today. I actually have Gabriel Garcia with us, who's a wholesaler out of South Florida, and he's actually taking time while he's being a dad out of the park to talk to us. So, uh, so Gabriel, thanks for giving us some time. How are you doing? I'm doing great, man. I'm doing great. Honored to be on the show. Oh, thank you very much. Why don't we give a shout out to the kids, flash the kids on camera so they can feel like they've been on an interview. Hey, hey guys, say hi. Say hi, Pax. They Very. can't hear because I got the AirPods on. But All right. No problem. So uh, why don't you just introduce yourself, uh, where you are, what you do, and, and we'll go from there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a primarily a wholesaler. Um, you know, we, uh, we, uh, we wholesale down in South Florida, um, Dade, Broward, Palm Beach counties. Um, probably do a little north of uh, 100 houses a year, you know, probably about two, a little over $2 million in gross revenue. Um, and yeah, that's kind of what we're doing. We know slowly building the rental portfolio as we, as we, um, as we, uh, continue to wholesale and, you know, put some cash away and then build, uh, and build our wealth on the back end. And you know, that's yeah. a little bit about me. That's very cool. So the reason I wanted to make sure we got you on the show is again, a couple of things you, you shared. One is you got started in 2013, which is, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it was great timing, right? It, it, you were just yeah. coming out of this crash you were probably picking up stuff um, even cheaper than you are today. I'm sure probably way cheaper Uh, and and you're doing a hundred houses, right? So you're, you've got that next level business, right? I know lots of people doing 10 to 15 a year, uh, but you know, you're through that. So um, why don't don't you just share, what are the big differences going to a hundred homes from, you know, doing one or two a month? Do you have any thoughts on what the big differences are? Yeah. um, I mean, the two biggest differences um, well, there's a few, but, but the, the two biggest differences I would say would be, um, primarily, uh, systems, yep. uh, being one of them, um, and, uh, and people, you know, I think, um, uh, uh, once, when you have the right people in the right seats and you, and you have systems that work, you know, from a first and foremost being a, a lead generation system or a marketing system, um, and then just a system to acquire, um, at good discounts, the system to, to, to dispose of the assets at, at the best possible price you can get to maximize profits, you know, financial systems and manage the money in and out and cash flow and all that. So those are really the things that, um, that really differentiate, you know, the, uh, the guy doing a larger volume than, than just, you know, the guy that's just getting started hustling hard, yeah. putting 60, 60 hours a week in the business and just running and gunning by himself, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, why don't you, uh, why don't you highlight for our group? Cause again, you started in 13 and doing a hundred deals a year. What was that ramp for you? Right. In 13, did you do like five or did you just come out swinging and did a hundred in, in 2013? No, no, 
So yeah, 13 was my first year. Um, I had just learned about wholesaling. You know, mind you, I had, I, I, I just had just graduated from school in music business. I had no business background, you know, uh, you know, my, my, my only other business background that I ever had, was selling weed when I was younger. You know? <laughs> <laughs> other than that, I had, I had no business background. No one in my family was a business. Uh, well, my grandfather was, but he never taught me anything, you know, none of like my parents or, um, close relatives were in business. So, um, it was, um, it was the, the, the biggest impact was me getting a mentor, you know, um, I had already, um, I had already been familiar with the concept of a mentor because I had, I had found the mentor in my life, in my spiritual path much earlier, and um, it changed my whole entire life. So, um, you know, that concept just made a lot of sense to me because I've seen it work in my life. So I was like, you know, and we, you know, as you grow in business, you start learning it's more about the who than, yeah. than the how. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, it was more like, who, who's going to help me, you know, who's going to help me like just shorten my learning curve and, and, and tell me the formula, yeah. you know, cause I can spend all the time and watch all the YouTube videos and go to all these conferences and, and try and figure out these formulas um, on my own, but it's going to take me way longer. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and, and the reality is it could take you so, it could take you so long that you get discouraged and, and bail out. So I didn't want that to happen. Um, I wanted to get successful as fast as possible. So I got the mentor. Um, the mentor got me doing deals, taught me, the the technical aspects of real estate investing like how to deal structure how to negotiate you know more of just the technical aspects of it um how to comp and and and, and buy at the right prices and sell at the right prices and things like that so my first year i think i probably did and i i, I didn't find my mentor until like may um i started working with him uh probably I think we started working officially like in August. So I think towards that year, I maybe did one to two houses tops. That was my first year. All right. So 2013, um, we did two houses. Okay. Yeah, we did. We did about two houses. Uh, I think 14. Uh, I don't remember how many houses I did in 14, but let's probably say that was the year I quit my job, my full-time job. Um, Very cool. Let's say I probably did anywhere from like 10 to 20 maybe okay. All right. I, I'm just I'm just kind of throwing random numbers I really don't have a, and I probably I have an excel sheet where I'm sure I can look it up but I don't yeah. have that in front of me so but you were basically doing a basically doing a deal a month basically more or less yeah, yeah. okay so you quit um, your job doing a deal a month and, paying and, the bills. and it wasn't and, and it by no means was it consistent like that you yeah, know there's sure. some months where you have like three or four and then there's other months where you just nothing comes in you know yep. um uh and even when you get to a hundred deals, there still seems to be, you know, we haven't cracked the code yet yeah. where you just get like a consistent stream of deals and revenue every single month. You know, there's some months where we close very few deals and then there's other months where we close a massive amount of deals, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's still a very cyclical nature type business. So, um, but anyways, yeah. um, uh, so yeah. So around that, um, then 15, I don't remember how many deals I did in 15. I just, I could tell you in 15, my net income after all said and done, like I was probably around 250. Okay. Um, you, you know, go. 2015. I remember that, that I do remember. I don't really remember how many deals it was. Okay. Um, as a matter of fact, in 15, um, 
No, you know what? I do remember. In 15, we did about a million. That's when I started with my partner. So 13 okay. and 14, I was solo. Got it. Uh, 15, we formed Florida Cash Home Buyers, which is the company that we operate in right now. Yeah. Um, we did about a million in revenue 2015. So um, we kept about 50% of that between my partner and I. Okay. Um, I think that was about 50 houses uh, is what we did in 15. Um, that's when the marketing engine really started cranking up. Um, uh, 16, we doubled the business and we went from 1 million to 2 million. Um, and we did about a hundred houses. Um, and then, you know, 17 and 18 were kind of at the same level. We, we've remained a little, a little kind of plateaued a little bit in our backyard. Um, uh, this year, 19, we're on pace to, to, to probably, uh, break a little bit past the 2 million mark, not by much, but we're looking to start replicating and expanding into new markets because we've tried so many ways to just go deeper in our market and yeah. um and continue to grow and it's it's been a tough battle it really yeah. has so we're just we we've kind of you know taken the stance that you know what we have something that works it's it's um it's replicable let's just do it in other places because we've tried to add new streams of revenue into our own backyard and it just yeah. complicates things you know and there's more learning curves and more systems to implement and yeah. and things like that so that's kind of where we're at right now yeah, so lots of things you sort of threw out there I want to go back and summarize. First, we started that by talking about a mentor being key. And you're absolutely right. Yeah. A good mentor is about short, shortening time frames. Um, and also finding a mentor that's doing what you want to do, right? Uh, yeah. It's very important. It's frankly, it's why I spent three months developing a course because I'm trying to service the need of full-time employees to do what you did, quit their jobs. Uh, but I do it via buy and hold, right? That's kind of my story, one rental at a time. Um, so I'm right. glad to hear that, right? I totally agree. Mentors make a big difference when you find one that, that works. And then the other one you talked about is a partnership kind of exploded your business in marketing. Um, it did. It, yeah. The partnership really, really helped us grow because then we were able to, um, um, you know, focus our, our strengths, mm -hmm. focus more on our strengths and um yep. and not and, and and not just handle everything yourself so um my my partner was um he's a systems guy as well yeah um we're, we're both we're, we're both we're both pretty systematical but um um i'm more of the visionary um and he's and he's more of the integrator type role so he's you know he's very like consistent in what he does where my energy can sometimes be a little bit more sporadic <laughs> diverted <laughs> yeah so so he can you know so because you know and i saw that in him and he was really good at being consistent with the marketing and i knew that was a key oh, ingredient yeah. to success you know because what you know most if you're strictly a visionary i can tell you exactly what's going to happen to you in your business you're going to start the marketing then as deals come in you're going to start putting your money um in, into different resources in the business you're going to stop marketing you'll probably get shiny object syndrome and figure yeah. out, hey how can i how can I maximize profit on this deal? How can I, what if I rehab this? You know, if I rehab this and I, I can increase my profit an extra 20 grand, let me do that. And before you know it, you never have any consistency going because you're always kind of like using your creativity to try new things. And, um, you know, um, one of my mentors also, Mark Evans, uh, um, I don't know, you know Mark, right? Yeah, I know, man. Yeah, so, you know, uh, Mark always told me, he's like, Gabe, your business has to be boring. You know, yeah. he's like, if, you're, if your business is exciting, He's like, that's a business that's probably losing money. You know, yeah. he's like, the business has to be boring. It has to just, just do the same thing over and over and over again. And so for a visionary, that, that can be very difficult. It oh, really can. So, so, right. yeah. 
So, so having, you know, having my partner um, come in and do the marketing really, really helped for a while. Then I was able to do, you know, what I did best, which was, you know, getting with higher level people, learning like better strategies and better ways to manage the business and run the business and, and, and the sales part and, and things like that. So that energy um, really, really did help us take off for sure. Yeah. And I think, I think finding a partner that compliments you is key, right? I think if you think about it, a visionary and a procedure process and procedure is a marriage made in heaven. Having two visionaries or two operation folks, not a great idea. It's not a great idea for sure. Yeah. I totally agree. Yeah. So um, is it just you and your partner or do you have salespeople today or how big is the team today? Um, so I always, I always forget the number, but so I have, so yeah, so it's me and a business partner. Um, I have one acquisition rep. Um, I have four, four inside salespeople. Um, we got several VAs, but we don't really count them into yeah. the core part of the business. Um, and, uh, I got a disposition rep that, you know, handles all the, all the dispo of the properties. We got a transaction coordinator and a like bookkeeper slash controller that handles the, the financial side. Yeah, that's, so, that's pretty much the team. Yeah. So you have a, you have marketing overhead and you have people overhead for sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, people, people is the biggest overhead in our business. Um, no, no question. Very, very for cool. sure. So tell me about quitting your job. I think you said that was 2014. Was that nerve wracking or you just knew you had it or what, what did that feel like? Do you remember? Yeah. Um, well, I remember when I first got my job. So I, I quit. I, I mean, I, I went to school for music business. Um, I was actually, uh, I was actually a hip hop artist in my past life. And, uh, <laughs> okay. you know, I was recording a bunch of hip hop songs and uh, you know, that was kind of like what I wanted to do. Um, but just as I, you know, the industry doesn't, wasn't for me. Um, and, um, I realized that after getting, going into $40,000 in debt in school, oh. <laughs> but you know, it is what it is. It happens to all of us. Um, yeah. Right. You just, you're young, you're naive and you don't, uh, you're not even worried about finances at that part in your, in your, in your life. You're just, you just want to do something you love. You know, yep. at least that was my mindset. Yeah, no, I agree. So, um, um, but yeah, so then, um, I, um, I, I got a job at Humana, a health insurance company. They offered me $30,000 a year. I took that. It was great while I started. Like, you know, I know that you, so you mentioned that you, you try and coach people, you know, that are going to, to their job. So this is a key hack yeah. for me. Um, I went through a couple of jobs right when I graduated school. And um, what I found are there are jobs that require your 100% time and attention. Yep. And if you're trying to build a business, you need to get out of that job. That's not a job that you want to be in. Um, there are jobs that, um, are very laid back, um, and chill and you can, you know, you can accomplish getting a lot of the work in that job probably within like six hours. Yep. Um, and, um, you know, you can bring books at the job and read during your downtime. As long as you get your work done, people aren't messing with you. So those are the type of jobs that you, you really want to look for if you're trying to build a business. And so, um, that's what happened to me I, you know, while most people were goofing off in their job and using their downtime to gossip and talk about, you know, uh, the news or, or, or the next celebrity thing or whatever, you know, I, I had no interest in that. I was, um, I, I had books on my shelves and I was reading. I had a, I had an Excel sheet of all the agents that I was calling and following up with. Yeah. Um, it, it even got to a point where I was, um, um, I was able to use my lunch break, not to eat lunch, but to work. I, I always nice. brought an Excel sheet with every offer that I had on the table, the agent's name and phone number. 
And I would just call on that hour and make my follow-up calls. And then I would eat during my time at work because it was a desk job on the computer. So I could type, you know, take a little pause, put food in my mouth and yeah. keep going, you know? So, you know, I mean, those things sound silly, but it really makes a big deal, you know? I totally um, agree. And so um, from doing that, you know, uh, um, I was basically at that time too, I would wake, I was up around 5 a.m. every day. Um, I also had a pretty, I also had a pretty good that literally my job was five minutes away from where I lived. Oh, nice. So that was, that was a big blessing. And so I would literally just walk to walk to work, uh, but I was up, I worked didn't start till nine. So I didn't have to be here till nine o'clock. So I was up at five. I didn't have kids at the time. Um, with kids, it'd be even be more difficult, but you know, yeah. from five to seven, um, basically those two hours was just, uh, putting offers out on all the deals, following awesome. up with emails and just putting offers, putting offers. And then my lunch break was basically, um, you know, following up on those offers. And if I had any time when I got back home, which typically I, I, there was some days I worked at home. I mean, after when I got back from work, but, but not a lot of times it was mostly that morning shift yeah. Yeah. and that, and that hour during lunch. And then on Saturdays too, I put in some work here and there, um, that, uh, within a year it got me to the point where I was able to quit um it, it was it scary yeah it was I mean it, what, what kind of helped me going was um it got to a point where everyone in the company knew what I was doing because I was always on the phone on my yeah. cell phone like taking calls in and and things like that and and it started getting management's attention and like um one day I got reprimanded um and I you know there's nothing wrong with it it's just my personality like I I don't like for people to tell me what to do, you know, yeah. I, and I don't, and I don't like for people to, I don't like to be reprimanded in any way. So like that, when that happened, it just really left a bad, a bad taste in my mouth. And I'm like, man, I, I got to get out of here. Cause they're either going to, they're either going to fire me yeah. or, or I, or I'm going to leave. Um, yeah. And I, I, I had already been wanting to leave for, for probably like at least four months ago. Like I, I got to a point where I really hated going to work because I knew, um, <laughs> I wanted to be in the business. I was, I was grinding and hustling and, you know, just, um, I knew that I, I, I'd make way more. I knew that I was, I would make way more money on my own than going to work, but I still had to suck it up because I needed the paycheck. So, yeah. um, I had a deal that I got in that I was set to make like a third, it was about a 35 or $40,000 wholesale deal. So it was more than my annual salary. So once that one happened, I got the reprimand. I called my mentor up. I'm like, man, I'm like, they're going to fire me. Like, and I've been telling him that I want to quit. I want to quit. And he's like, just hold off. You know, like, I know you want to quit, but hang, hang in there. You got, you got to stay in there. Yeah. Um, after that, I told him that he's like, he's like, he's like, look, just leave, man. He's like, I've never told any of my students to quit their job, but you know, he's like, I, I he's like, you're, you're a different case. I, I'll, I'll I'm, I'm going to give you the, the green light to go ahead and quit. So he actually called my, my wife, well, my girlfriend at the time, but my wife now um, to kind of let her know. So she, <laughs> she wouldn't freak out. You know, because obviously she respected him as well or whatever. Oh, and cool. and he's like, look, you know, he's going to quit. And, you know, you guys, you know, I think you'll be fine, but just support him, you know, be be with him through these times because they can get a little rocky or whatever. And it actually did. That deal that was supposed to close didn't end up closing. Um, so we were months without income um, and it got really stressful for like for the next few months. We had to become OK with not paying bills on time. Um, and, um, and, and making late payments on bills and negotiating with the landlord, like, Hey, can we pay a little bit later and calling FBL? Hey, you know, we're a little bit late and, you know, our power got shut off a couple of times. <laughs> so it was a little bit stressful. 
after and the deal did end up closing later, it just got delayed. And then, then my pipeline of deals that I had built started finally closing in. And then the rest was history. We, we were good. But there was a period after I quit where it was extremely stressful. Yeah. So uh, talk about uh, having the support of your significant other. That's something that's not talked about enough. I think you, you have to have that significant other behind you because if they're not, they, they'll, they'll just, during those tough times, they'll just pick at you. And uh, yeah. you know, pretty soon it's not fun for anyone. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, I, um, yeah, it's, it's super invaluable. I mean, um, for sure. And um, if, if we didn't have that, uh, yeah. I mean, if she just wasn't on board with it, I think that relationship would have been severely damaged and who knows it would, if it would have lasted, you know, because it's, it's understandable, you know, if, if, if you have a wife that's like so gun ho on security and security and then they're driven by that and you're an entrepreneur who you're, you're more driven by freedom, it's, there's going to be a clash and it's not that you don't love each other, but there's just di- two dynamically opposing forces and it can cause a ton of friction, you know? Yeah. Totally agree. Well, I'm curious about this one. So you've been, you've been, I'll call it plateaued or you kind of went to a hundred, hundred transactions the last three or four years. Uh, I guess you mentioned in the intro, you're, you're looking at other markets, put your, put yeah. your uh, crystal ball on and look out three to five years. What, what's Gabriel doing in, in three to five years? You think? Um, in three to five years, um, I still see myself in this wholesaling business, um, mm-hmm. but I see, I see myself acting, truly as a true visionary or CEO where, um, you know, there's management in place, there's leadership in place. Um, I'm not heavily involved in the day-to-day operations. Um, I'm more just there as a support uh, for the team um, through, you know, whenever they, whenever there's big problems that, that they need support on or, or things of that nature. Um, and I see us really focused. I see me spending more of my time focusing on the, the assets that we want to put in into the mm-hmm. portfolio. Um, and I probably also see myself, uh, I don't know, maybe like speaking or, or doing something of that nature. Cause there is a part of me that just, uh, is, is just driven by that. You know, there's a part of me that wants to serve and give and, and make an impact to people. And, um, I definitely want to explore that for sure. Yeah. I think, um, uh, I think you'd be really good at that. If, uh, if you, if you choose to go that direction, I think that would be, uh, that would fill your cup, if you will, and, and you'd be of service to others. That, that'd be pretty awesome. So as we wrap this up, I want to make sure we, we turn it over to you. Uh, I know you do some high-level coaching, so let's talk about what that looks like. You know, it's not for everyone, but, but make sure we hit that because I think you can really help people go from a few transactions to a lot. Uh, and then also, if yeah. you're looking for, for private money, let, let people know you where, where you invest and, and things of that nature, please. Sure, sure. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I mean, for the high level coaching, I mean, it's mostly guys that, you know, are, are, are already doing like six figures a year um, in their real estate business and looking to crank it up and, um, and get it more dialed in and, and, and take it to another level. So um, I work with guys one on one. There's, you know, a couple different options on how I do that. But um, yeah, I typically just work with them one on one and it's kind of something I just do for the joy of it. Um, and and uh, kind of help them get whatever they need. Uh, processes or resources or advice on how to get their business to the next level. Um, and as far as the private money goes, yeah, I mean, um, for that, for the portfolio part of our business that we're buying, um, right now we're buying assets in, um, uh, in, uh, in Dade Broward and Palm Beach County um, that we're looking to, to, to hold long-term in. So, um, yeah, we're always looking, we're always uh, working with private investors who want to invest and, and put their money to use and, um, and cool. we're always so open. How- 
how could somebody reach out to you? Is it just Facebook the best way, or what's the best way to get a hold of Gabriel? Yeah, yeah, Facebook is probably the best way. You can just um, you can look me up by Gabriel Garcia um, on Facebook. Um, I could also give an email out. Uh, Go for it. Uh, if people want to give an email, you can uh, Gabriel Garcia, uh, R-E-I, uh, at gmail.com. Um, so if people want to email me there, um, you could also reach out to there. Very, very cool. Well, Gabriel, I appreciate you giving, uh, giving us some time. You've been very helpful. I, I applaud you for being a dad and taking your kids to the park. That's awesome. And uh, <laughs> enjoy the rest of your day. I appreciate it, Michael. Thanks for having me on, man. You got it.